You know, I like a little Motown up in here myself. <laughs> Junior, Junior Walker and the All-Stars. And, you know what I'm saying. But sanctified Motown, you know. I got sunshine. Anyway, praise God. God is good. Thank you, Father, for these wonderful people that have come today to hear from you. They've not come to hear from man's intellect, from man's intelligence, but we have come to hear from the Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God, you are free to move in us and among us. We pray that you would give utterance today, but also open the eyes of each and every one of our understanding. Help us to see, Lord, things we've never seen before. Help us, Lord, to grow in the things that we bring forth today. Strengthen every heart with might, we pray by your Holy Spirit. Lift each and every one that is down, for you surely are the glory and the lifter up of our head. We thank you that you are our shield. You are our abundant compensation. You are our great reward. El Shaddai, El Elyon, the Most High God, and the God who's more than enough. Thank you for nourishing us today through your word and by your spirit. We pray and agree in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We're talking about God's plans and God's paths. God has a plan for every one of you. And God has paths for you and I to walk in. In Ephesians 2.10, it talks about that we are His workmanship. And it states that God planned beforehand that we should take paths that He prepared ahead of time for us. That we should walk in them. Everyone say, walk in them. And of course, as we walk in those paths, we will surely live the good life which He has made ready for us to live. Now, I want you to notice the word walk. As I was meditating along the lines of God's paths, there are certain things in the Word of the Lord that we are instructed to walk in. And if we will walk in those things, it will keep us on His path Therefore, we will avoid the ditches that the enemy or the flesh would like to draw us into. And we will just walk stronger and get brighter. And the path of the righteous is just going to get brighter and brighter right until Jesus comes. And so how many of you have a heart for the plan of God? And you have a heart to be on his paths. You know, last night I looked up several scriptures in the Word of God where the term walk is used. You know, there's walking circumspectly. There's walking in love. There's walking in the light. There's walking humbly before your God. There are several scriptures in the Word of God. Walk in the Spirit. All those various areas that tell us that we are to walk in because those are God's designated steps on His path. Now, I want to look at one area today that I believe that the Spirit of the Lord has instructed me or led me, if you will, to talk about today. You see, 
once you get on the path at the new birth, it seems as if the Lord just carries you for a while, doesn't he? But then the longer you're in the word, the more light you get. And as we see light, we see more light. And by his words, we can say very clearly the paths that he has directed for us. For example, in Psalm 119, verse 105, in the message translation, I want you to notice that with me. Let's read it together. By your words, I can see where I'm going. And they throw a beam of light on my dark path. Aren't you glad? Not only do we have the word of God, we've got the spirit of God to guide us. We got a guide living on the inside. Thank you, Lord. Now, once we get light, we're responsible to walk then in that light. Now, what the enemy wants to do is he wants to get you off the path, get you on the wrong road, and take you to some destinations and bring you to some places that God never intended for you to go to or be in. Amen. But I am committed to teach and preach the Word of God to help as many of you as we possibly can by the grace of God that once you find the path, to stay on the path. Amen? See, there are certain things that we can only find in being led by the Spirit of God concerning God's path for our vocation, concerning God's path for our marriage, concerning God's path in certain areas of life. Well, you've got the Spirit of the Lord, which is the candle of the Lord, living in your spirit to guide you. But there are some definite principles in the Word of God that we can see that we are to walk in, and if we do, we'll stay on the path. Look at your neighbor and let's say, let's stay on God's designated path. So look at Colossians chapter 1, if you would, in verse 9. You know, and there's no way that, uh, you know, you can preach all these different truths in one session or in one lesson. But I believe the Spirit of the Lord is leading us to do this one today. Colossians 1.9, it says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Notice with me in verse 10. That we may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now I want you to pay particular attention to verse 10 in the Amplified. It says that you may walk and live and conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord. Now notice this statement, fully pleasing to him. I wonder, is it possible for you and I to fully please the Lord? Someone might say, yeah, but the Bible talks about walking worthy of the Lord and I'm unworthy. Well, you need to correct your thinking along those lines because if you're born again, you're no longer unworthy. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Correction, please. You were an old sinner. You got saved by grace. But today you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you are not unworthy. He has made you able, ready. If you're willing, you can please God every day of your life. Don't think that you can't. 
one thing that God requires of all of us is to believe him. You got to believe not only that God will use you, but you've got to believe that God will enable you to please him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've discovered that there are more people interested in what God can do to please them than they are interested in what they can do to please him. But understand this, that God looks at your heart. God looks at your motives. And Paul is praying that we'd all make a quality decision to walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. And I've discovered this, that it really doesn't matter what's going on around me. It really doesn't matter how long it might take for me to pay my house off. It really doesn't matter how long it may take for your children to line up. It really doesn't matter how long it might take for your body to line up. If your goal is to seek him first with all of your heart and to please him with your life, all those things in a process of time will align themselves up. But we don't want to get caught in the trap of just going after the things of God and forgetting about God himself. And that is a very, very important truth. Every one of us have had seasons in our life that have been difficult. Is that right? Now, if we allowed ourselves today, we could turn this service into a top that tragedy testimony service. But we're not here to glorify the devil. We're here to glorify God. You see, in the world, you're going to have some tribulation. But if you'll get over in the rejoicing side, get over into the joy camp, you can be a good cheer. Why? Because you know that you're not a victim. You're a victor in him. Amen. So in reality, every one of us are going to go through some things. I mean, that's just the nature of the earth and the nature of the world system in which you and I live. There's pressure in this world. There's a curse in this world. But you and I have the ability to press through the pressure because we are blessed. You missed that. We can press through the pressure because we're not under the curse. We're under the blessing and we are too blessed to be stressed out. Amen. And so... Don't get so caught up in yourself. Don't get so caught up in your own little deal. Trust God. Find someone out there that you can be a blessing to. Don't wait till everything lines up before you serve God in the local church. Start serving the God in your generation, in the local church God has placed you in. Be a blessing and all these other things will be added unto you. I know I'm preaching good right now. Glory to God. And so it pleases God that no matter what may be happening on the outside, I'm not living by what's out here. I'm living by what's on the inside. And I heard the Lord say, I'm in there. And I'm in there to put you over. 
I'm not in there just hitchhiking a ride through life. I'm in there as the greater one to put you over any situation that you may face. I heard greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I said, I heard greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I heard greater. So he's greater than the lesser one. So stop magnifying the problem. Too many people are making mountains out of mohills. And that's the devil's business. We are not mountain makers. We are mountain movers. We are not shaken by the world. We're world shakers. We're not being changed by the world. We're being changed by the word. And we are world changers. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Listen, friends. If you want to really fully please him, you've got to understand that it is connected with faith. It is. Hebrews 11.6. Let's look over there. You think I was going to steal your purse? What you got in that purse? Mama's got goodies in those purse. Papa liked candy. I like peanut butter. Anyway, I like toast and jam too. I think I'm dating myself here today. It's okay to have fun in church. Relax. Hallelujah. They which have believed have entered into rest. Hebrews eleven six. Now notice this with me. Fully pleasing him, but without faith. It is impossible to please him. There are a million and one things that we cannot do without faith. We cannot move mountains without faith. We cannot really live the God kind of life without faith. Somebody says, yeah, that's right, pastor, and I don't have any. Yes, you do. You may not know that you have faith, but if you're born again, you have a measure of the God kind of faith. You have a measure of mountain moving faith. To say that you do not have faith is just about as ignorant as saying you don't have muscles. Now, we may not be able to see any of them muscles. Those muscles might be a little flabby. And we may not be able to see any indication of faith. But you still have it. And the good news is, is you can develop it. If you've got flabby muscles in the natural realm, just get a membership at a gym. And take it to the next step. Actually go there. I hear, can I get a witness? Well, I've got a garage full of equipment. Yeah, but you're using it to hang your clothes on. 
Well, I've got just tons and tons of tapes, tons and tons of CDs. I've got tons and tons of M3s. But what are you doing with the material that you have? What are you doing with the God kind of faith that he has so graciously placed on the inside of you? Faith, use it or lose it. Are you listening? And so without faith, not without him, without faith, it's impossible to please him. But God has placed his faith on the inside of you with whom and whereby all things are possible to him that believeth. So if you're going to please God in the day in which you live, you'll have to operate in faith. Amen? Without faith, you cannot please him. With faith, you can please him. And not only can you please him, but you can please him absolutely, positively, fully. Now listen, somebody says, well, how does this relate, Pastor Mark, to staying on God's path? Very much so. You see, operating and walking by faith is walking in a higher realm than walking in the natural realm by sight. Look with me at 2 Corinthians 5, 7, and let's look at the Amplified Version. It says, for we walk by... By what? We walk by faith. Or we walk by the word. We regulate and conduct ourselves by faith. Not by sight or by appearance. There are many things in the natural realm that are vibing for your attention. There are evil spirits bringing pictures of doubt bringing pictures of fear, bringing pictures of being upside down in an economy, bringing all sorts of very real pictures to the city of your soul. And if you are not careful, you will be drawn away and distracted by that, walking by faith one day, but then all of a sudden a circumstance comes to draw you away, and the next thing you know, you're off the path and in the ditch. Now, if you're in the ditch, we're going to get you out today. But I just want to encourage you. You have the power to stay focused, to keep your eyes on him, and to keep his word dwelling in you richly. You do not have to get off the path. Say it with me. I walk walk by faith, faith. not by by sight. sight. What would an example of walking by sight be? Well, you get a bad report from a doctor. And then all of a sudden you start believing that report more than you do the good report. And that gets you off the path. Or you see Wall Street going up and down. The economy is getting bad. They start knocking on your door to collect this and to collect that. And all of a sudden you you become distracted and lose your focus. And the next thing you know, you're down in the mully grubs, worried, fretting, not on God's path. Look with me at 2 Corinthians 4, 18. Let's look over there. 
2 Corinthians 4.18, it says, While we look not at the things which are seen, question mark, are there some things we're not supposed to look at? That'll preach right there. Are there some things that we are not to look at? Absolutely. Years ago, I heard a couple of people preach on this verse, and it is ever branded in my spirit. Look at this with me. While we look not at the things which are seen or those things which are subject to change. Dr. Fred Price says it like this. While we look not at the things which are perceived by the five physical senses. Well, if I'm not going to look at that, what am I going to look at? But we are to look at the things which are not seen. Or those things which are not perceived by our five physical senses. Or those things which are not subject to change. The only thing that I can think about that is not subject to change is God. He said, I am the Lord and I don't change. Jesus said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God and His Word are one. They're in unison together. So... For the things which are seen, I love this, are temporary. Or the things which are seen are subject to change. Friend, the things that are seen and the things that you're going through are only temporary and they have an expiration date. I said they have an expiration date. We've all been in those night seasons. You've been in them. I've been in them. We've all battled. We've all struggled. But we kept our eye on Him. We refused to be distracted by that which was going on around us. But we kept our eyes on Him. And sure enough, though weeping endured for an evening, joy came in the morning. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Look at the situation that you're going through is having an expiration date. Well, I've been in it a long, long, long time. Then it could be that you need to get your faith stirred up. Because you will only get through the valley of the shadow of death if you'll regulate and conduct your life by faith. I can remember going through hell with our youngest son, James. I mean, literal hell. I don't want to go into it. I'm not going there. But you know what? We knew that we served a God that was faithful. And we knew that we served a God that was going to deliver him from the pit of destruction and the pit of darkness. And we knew that he had a call of God on his life, even though it looked like he was on his way to hell. And some of you have some relatives like that right now. Weeping endured for a night. But we just kept trusting God. Kept speaking the word of God. Kept refusing to give up and to quit. You got to be a fighter, saints. 
You got to stand up when all hell's looking at you in the face and say, I'm a fighter and I'm fighting the good fight of faith. If it's a fight you want, Turkey, it's a fight you got. You got to keep your sword sharp. You can't be looking for your sword. You got to keep it sharp. Well, I'm happy to report that he looks just like Jesus today. He's got long hair. He's one of the youth pastors at Faith Life Church in Branson, Missouri. God has done a miracle. I said God's done a miracle. And you know something? He's no respecter of persons. What he's done for me, he'll do for you. But friends, you've got to give him something to work with. You can't be down in the valley of the shadow of death talking like the world. Once you're born again, there's a new language you need to learn. And I'm not talking about other tongues. I'm talking about learning the language of redemption. In other words, speaking words that God has spoken concerning your situation and saying the same thing about them. You see, if we're going to stay on the path with God, we've got to at least learn to talk like Him. Now, here's the deal. I grew up in a home... Where there was a lot of negative thought. A lot of negative talk. There was a lot of criticism. I'd go to school and nuns had me behind bars by the time I was 16. They were moved by what they saw. And so, (laughs) I mean, all all of these words, all of these words... The atmosphere in my home was not one of faith. You see, you do not live in a church atmosphere. You live in a home atmosphere. And if you want your life to be different, start learning the language of redemption and speaking it in your home and speaking it over your children and speaking it over your life. Your babies should not be in front of a computer right now. They should have their blessed assurances in church right now. That went over big. But anyway, I grew up in a negative home. I got born again. And there were all sorts of insecurities, all sorts of feelings of failure. Why? Because that's what I heard. That's what I was around. So here's what had to happen for Mark Thomas. And here's what needs to happen to all of us. We then must learn not to be conformed to this world. That doesn't necessarily mean, you know, don't look like the world. However, in some cases, it's beneficial if you don't. I have never quite figured out why a person would want to sag. But I felt like saying, holy Sager Batman. I mean, just pull them up and keep them up. If you think you're trying to show something off, you, you ain't all that. Is it all right? Are you Okay. And some people feel so spiritual because they don't wear jewelry, don't wear makeup. I wish some of them would. (laughs) 
I'll be honest about it. Just pride themselves. We, we're holy. Oh, we don't talk like they, you know, we don't act like they act. Yeah, but their tongues are long enough to be sitting in the living room and licking a spoon in the kitchen at the same time. I'm glad you're enjoying this. Confirmation to the world means don't think like the world. Don't act like the world and don't talk like the world. Have you ever noticed the world has a certain kind of talk? And notice with me that it's all kind of going down the same current. The current of the world is a current of doubt, a current of unbelief. It is a regular conversation to talk about your aches, your pains, your rebellious kids, and how you can't pay your bills. What is up with that? What's up with that? You've been sitting in this church for 30 years. It's time to turn your tongue in. Talk about gun control. How about tongue control? And so when you get born again, there's a new language to learn. It's the language of health. It's the language, listen to this, of calling those things which be not as though they were. That which is not needs to be called as it is according to the word. That's what faith does. You see, the language of redemption will say when it feels lousy, you know what? The joy of the Lord's my strength. You know, that's not saying that you're not having a battle. What you're doing is you're trumping that with the scripture that says the joy of the Lord, it is my strength. Amen. There is a language that must be learned and it is learned in the school of the Holy Spirit and it is learned in the school of redemption. You see, the Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, in the Amplified of Proverbs 29, 18, it says this, where there is no redemptive revelation, the people perish. What does that mean? When there is no understanding of what Christ has done and who we are in him and now what we can do through him by the power of the Holy Ghost, when there's no revelation there, we'll perish. You see, God wants you to speak his word. His promises. And so then if I'm going to fully please him and you're going to fully please him, we must learn then to speak the words of redemption. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now listen to this. If you can see the invisible, you can change the impossible. You know, let's just use this church for an example. We purchased this building back in 2002. And we didn't move here until 2007. Believe me, we had to see this as being more than a shell. We had to see this by the eyes of faith. And not only that, we had to regulate and conduct ourselves in a manner that we would one day actually have church here. Are you listening to me? And so 
What we did is we called those things that be not as though they were. We thanked the Lord in advance for a finished facility. And it looks pretty good, doesn't it? Now, that was not just the faith of Pastor Mark or Pastor Tom. That was all of our faith. It was a united spirit of faith. By believing and speaking and then acting in accordance with what we believe and what we say. Say it with me. The spirit of faith faith is on the inside of me. me. Now, I wrote this down in my notes and I really like it, even if I do say so myself. (laughs) That is this. Living by the eternal truths of his word will change the temporary challenges that we face in our lives. I said all that to say this today. That faith speaks the answer and faith sees the answer. You've got to see what God has said in his word about you. And then once you see what God's word says about you, you've got to seize it. Which means you've got to receive it. And then once you seize it, you must speak it. Regularly, daily, and a consistent life that is faith-filled. And what will happen is the laws of sin and death around you will begin to wane. And that which is on the inside of you will be known and come forth to the outside. It will take time, but at the end, the vision will speak for itself. I said the vision will speak for itself. Oh, hallelujah. I mean, there's so many different ways we can go today. How many of you are believing God with me? You see, how about Abraham, just for a quick example. He took Abraham outside. Sometimes God has got to take us outside of our circumstances so he can deal with us and show us some things. So he said, come on outside and here's what I want you to do. I want you to look up in the sky. And Abraham, do you see all of the stars up there? Abraham, that's what it's going to be like. So shall your seed be. Abraham, he said, I have called you the father of many nations. Now, there was a time that Abraham got his eyes off the stars. And got his eyes on the maid. Come on. And instead of going into Sarah, he went into Hagar and produced an Ishmael, which is a work or type of the work of the flesh. And how often does God want to take us outside of our circumstances? Come on and show us something so very clear and we see it and we've got it. And then we get distracted And we go into other things that we have no business going into. Are you listening? I'm not talking about sex here. But I'm talking about going to places that quite frankly we shouldn't be going. To the land of doubt. The land of unbelief. Oh, there's giants in the land. Hello. There's always been giants in the land. But the Bible says... That they're bred for us. 
that their defense has departed from them. And in the natural realm, those are the ones that are the grasshoppers, not you and me. Now, work with me just a few more minutes. So give me five more minutes. I'm going to try a Mario. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty. Now I'm not going to keep you here all day. Are you getting the message? To fully please Him, you've got to regulate your life by faith. To see by faith, to speak by faith, and to act by faith. So there was a time where God changed Abraham's name, or Abram's name, to Abraham. And Sarai's name to Sarah. And so Abraham then means the father of many nations. And Sarah means the mother of a multitude. So he changed their name because he wanted, listen now, he wanted to change their image. And so every time that Sarah would call for Abraham out of the tent with a pot full of lentils ready to eat, she'd call for Abraham, father of many nations. Don't you know the neighbors were confused? And listen, you walking by faith and not by sight will confuse your neighbors. But the truth of the matter is, is you don't owe it to your neighbors to explain it to them. A lot of times they won't understand it. And you've got to be very careful to not cast your pearls before the swine. Now, I'm not calling people swine. That's an example from Jesus. Amen? And so, all of a sudden, this image started getting bigger and bigger on the inside of Abraham and Sarah. Now, I believe this. That there are some of you in this auditorium today that you need to undergo a name change. No, I'm not talking about change your name from Barry to Raul. Or Carl to Clarice, for heaven's sake. (laughs) Can you say amen to that at least? No, a name change. A name change. Go from calling yourself... Poor to calling yourself rich. Go from calling yourself to, from depressed to full of joy. Let's try this one on for size. Stop acting like, thinking like, and talking like a victim and start talking like and acting like and thinking like a victor. A name change. Listen, Pastor Tom did a great study for me one time on What's in a name? Oh, there's so much in a name. Listen, refuse to name yourself what the world would name you. Unless, of course, they call you a Jesus fanatic. You know what a fanatic is? A fanatic is someone that's more excited about Jesus than you are. Some of you got that look on your face. Now, don't be afraid to eat this. It'll help you. It'll help you to grow. And don't come here to check me out. I've been at this for 35 years. I know my craft well. I don't mean that arrogantly. 
But don't come out here to see what I got. Because it's not about me, it's about Jesus. Amen? A name change. A name change. Regulate your life by faith. Totally commit and jump in with everything you got. And you will be in a position to fully please Him. In closing, listen to these words that I'm going to share about you, to you about words. Words carry the power of life and death. Words are power-packed. Words bless or curse. Words build up or tear down. Words bring forth great things or destroy our lives. Words will frame your world. Words turn things around. Words will direct our lives. Words set the rudder for the course of our life. Words ensnare. Words impart. Words bring joy. Words are seeds. Words that align themselves with the Word of God produce fruit. Words are containers. Words are carriers. Words can move mountains. Words are a lot more important than people realize. It was by believing in your heart and saying with your mouth and make an invitation of Jesus Christ being the Lord of your life that changed your eternal destiny. I submit to you that if you can change yourself from going to heaven to hell by believing and declaring his lordship, you can change your life by having from having hell on earth to days of heaven on earth if you align this and this with the word of God. See, what needs to happen is we need to hook up our speaker with our believer. God's word. And I want to close with something that I heard from Brother Copeland many, many years ago. And uh, we could preach another hour or two, but I, I understand it's nice outside. I'm going to get myself a Holy Ghost lunch and then a Holy Ghost nap. That's the will of God. Can I hear an amen on that? That is the will of God. But I heard Brother Copeland say this many, many years ago, and it's branded in my heart. He says, you don't have a choice whether or not you're going to live by words. The only choice you have is whose words will you live by? As for me and my house, I'm going to live by the eternal word of the living God. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to regulate and conduct ourselves in a manner that's pleasing to you. Lord, help us all to stay on the path, to walk in love, to walk by faith, to walk circumspectly. And we know that when the dust settles, we'll come through and we will live as heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I know that worry and care and fear want to draw people away. But today, Lord, we just give you our cares. Just say that with me, Lord. I just give you all my cares. I refuse to worry about anything. Worry is meditating on the lies of the devil. Faith is meditating on the promises of God. Give your cares to me. That's what the Lord is saying. Cast all your cares over on me. 
And you'll stay on the path and you will walk free. Thank you, Lord. I believe that, Lord. I believe that with all of my heart. Father, we ask you today, as this real simple message went forth about walking by faith and not by sight, to put a guard over the words of our mouth. I ask you to help me and Brenda and the pastoral staff and everyone here today be more conscious of the words that we speak. We will hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. That is, we will hold fast to saying the same thing that you said about us. Years ago, there was a man driving on an Italian road and all of the signs pointed to a cliff that if he did not take heed to it, he would go over the cliff in his automobile and he would go to an early death. He just kept on speeding through the mountainside and kept on ignoring the signs. And all the time, the signs pointed that this is a dangerous path. Stop, get off. But he didn't take heed to it. And as a result, he went to his death as he went over that cliff. God's got a right path for your life. The Bible says his path, it's straight and it's narrow. But I'm so glad that along life's path, God warns us. And he instructs us what to do and what not to do. And as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you're here this morning and you've got off that path, And you've just kind of gone down the road of life doing your own thing. We prayed Friday night, didn't we, Pastor Tom? And the Holy Spirit said this through a friend of ours. I want you to call the prodigals home. Call them in. Call them home. Call them back to the place where they're designated by God's grace. Perhaps you've been like that prodigal and you've come to your own, you've come to yourself. And you're here this morning and said, you know what? I just can't do this in my own strength anymore. I believe the Holy Spirit is saying, it's time for you to come back home. It's time for you to come back into Father's house. We're going to pray for you in just a moment. And then there are those that, quite frankly, you've never entered into the path. You don't know whether you're saved or not. You don't know, you know whether you'd go to heaven or hell. That's not the way to live. God wants you to have a no-so salvation.